0: Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in High Fidelity.
1: Good morning, this is attorney Ben Stavis. This is Get Your Kids Back Now. This show is dedicated to keeping families together and to fighting the tyranny of CPS and DCFS social workers. The secondary purpose of this show is to educate parents and relatives or to at least show them where to go to get the necessary information for their fight. The final purpose of the show is to remind the people that change can be effectuated at the ballot box, at the state and federal levels. Let us unite, vote, and elect those who will make the necessary changes. Good morning. This morning we're going to be talking about CPS Scare Tactics or DCFS Scare Tactics. And we're also going to be taking some calls, uh, listening to you tell your stories or ask your questions. Uh, The call-in number for guests is area code 646-668-8791. That's 646-668-8791. CPS care tactics. When a social, social worker comes to your door for the first time, I want everyone to know that you are not obligated to talk to the social worker. Do not think that you will outsmart or outtalk this social worker. She or he is a highly trained government agent. They know how to gather evidence. They know how to get admissions. And sometimes I've heard that they exaggerate what you tell them, or sometimes truthful about what you tell them. If the social worker has a warrant, the social worker can get a warrant for several things. Number one, the social worker can get a warrant to come into your home and inspect it. That does not mean that you have to talk to the social worker. Number two, the social worker can get a warrant to come into your home and talk and or inspect your children. That doesn't mean that you as the parent have to talk to the social worker. And as a matter of fact, I advise that you do not. Third, the social worker can get a warrant that she can detain your children from your custody. In other words, take your children the social worker can never get a warrant to make you talk to them. Now, of course, in some of these situations, if not all, you'll be very concerned and you want information. That doesn't mean that you should talk to the social worker. You're not going to talk your way out of something. And the only thing that you're going to do is possibly give the social worker evidence to use against you in a court of law. So remember, it is my general rule that parents should not speak to social workers, especially if a lawyer isn't there. There's a term you see on the movies and on TV, it's called lawyer up. That's what you should do, you should lawyer up. Now, that doesn't mean that I have never given uh, my opinion for a parent to talk to a social worker. In some rare instances, I have, but absent those rare instances, absent talking to me, to the social worker, you will be surprised what you said and how you said something when it shows up in a report later on in court. And I can't tell you how many times clients have told me, Mr. Davis, the report, it's about 50% correct. The other 50% didn't happen or was taken out of context my statements were taken out of context don't talk to the social worker number two social workers will, will will tell you that they want you to drug test for them and in speaking to many many clients some social workers will say will tell you you don't have to drug test but from my experience in talking to clients Social workers usually demand that you take a drug test or tell you that you have to take a drug test. That is false. You do not have to take a drug drug test. So please don't get talked into taking a drug test. Then you might say, well, if I don't use drugs, I have nothing to worry about. Not true. Those drug tests are not 100% reliable. Repeat that. Drug tests are not 100% reliable. You could have a false positive when you didn't use drugs. You could have a false negative when you did use drugs. So do not think that drug tests are 100% reliable, especially drug tests or swabs they try to do out in the field. Number three, and this just happened to me um, and a client yesterday, Client, uh, the social worker calls up client, tells client, hey, you got to go take your child to um, such and such hospital so that your child can be examined, forensically examined for child abuse. Unless they have a warrant ordering them to do it or allowing them to do it, you don't have to do it. A warrant is a court order signed by a judge or a commissioner, here in Los Angeles County at least, that says that the social worker can do things like have the child examined. You do not have to agree to having your children examined by a doctor. You don't have to agree at all. There is a lawsuit I think that it's still pending in the federal courts in San Diego County. What San Diego was doing was giving children, all children, sending them to the hospital to have sexual abuse examinations. I don't know if you know this, but sexual abuse examinations tend to be very intrusive on children. San Diego County was, doing this, the theory was in order to make money from the federal government. They would bill the federal government X, they'd pay the hospital Y, and the San Diego County kept the change. Now, these sexual abuse examinations happened no matter what the allegations or the charges against the parent were. Let's say the parent was having, uh, got the child taken away because she was involved in domestic violence with her um, boyfriend or significant other. Child would end up at the hospital having a sex abuse exam. Child was taken away because the parent was allegedly on drugs. Child would end up at the hospital getting a sexual abuse exam. So a lot of these exams and services that you're going to be offered, some of them are good and decent services. Some of them the family may not need. But in my opinion, it's all about um, CPS nationwide going after a federal pot of gold with about $70 billion. The more services they're going to give to you, the more that they can charge the federal government for, and the more they can make money from the federal government offering these services to you. So don't be bamboozled by a social worker telling you you have to do anything. You don't have to do anything unless you see it in a court order. I'm going to take a first call right now, and it's going to be from area code 213, ending in 54. Good morning. You're on the phone with attorney Vince Davis. Did you have a story to tell or a question to ask?
2: Yes, I sure do. How are you, Vincent? I'm doing This fine. is Robert. How are you
3: Robert well, I am uh
2: <laughs> it's good to talk to you, Vincent. I called last week and didn't get through. So, uh I I'm living in my car. I'm a transient. I've uh had a home and had a secure place and had my lovely family with me and everything was terrific, but I didn't follow the uh guidelines that some of the guidelines that you gave this morning i i felt as though oh i i needed to help out the social worker i needed to show them that i uh you know was a good guy and there was nothing to worry about and i had no legal problems and so i i blew through all the uh, things that you said not to do and uh what a what a crazy uh thing so within about a month and a half uh they gave us the uh i i call it the the, the uh Kidnappers, or they—they—they they, they, they wanted to take our children. They said either uh, Mr. Robert moves out and he's gone, or we're taking the children. So I—I I, I went ahead and I continued to talk to the DCFs. I said, "Well," and they go to the supervisor. I have a stack of letters because uh, unfortunately I'd, I'd had a mother-in-law who ran us through the system about ten years ago. So I kind of knew that you know, okay, we got to have verification here. I want to show them that I'm not just talking. Because, you know, some parents can talk, and some parents are are good, smart talkers. But I thought, well, I have evidence. So I showed them my, you know, 7,500 letters from various people, doctors, lawyers, family members. No sympathy at all. No no, uh, interest at all. So uh, right after Thanksgiving, the last time I was with my family, uh, you know, I, I quickly... It was it was like a, a Nazi camp, and you know, I move now. I mean, I was very angry that uh, my wife said, "Pack all the stuff up out of your room, you know, stick it out in the in the storage bin out in the back." I was furious as I went to the house, just throwing things into bags and cans, and it was a fire sale. And then being on the porch with my children, my uh, my two older children, uh, they weren't affected, but my two stepchildren were de- deeply affected. And we all on the porch and we uh, prayed and uh you know the boyfriend of my uh, wife who lived upstairs he said oh don't go don't go you can stay i knew well enough that you know the dcfs were not going to mess around they were going to come they were going to take our children they were going to run us through so i thought you know what i'm not going to let that happen i'm going to um submit to this uh you know this interrogation i figured well it wouldn't take too long well now it's been it's going into the seventh month since and uh, I'm still living in my car. I, I park in various streets where it's legal and I call the sheriff and, you know, is it okay to park here overnight? And I've got towels wrapped around my inside windows and my outside windows are tinted. And I am just, you know, I was peeing in a bottle and it's just crazy that I don't, I can't be with my family and I can't use my telephone to talk to my wife. And there's so much just hellishness. Well, I, I hired you immediately. I went, uh, in fact, the night before, I came on Tuesday night to your office, and I laid out all the money I had, literally all the money, $6,000. I had to charge about $500 of the money uh, you know, to give you your retainer, which was well worth it. I mean, if it's someone else is listening, and I'm sure there's hundreds of people that are listening, uh, it's well worth it. The, the best thing I did, the one thing I did know is is that I could not fight the DCFS alone, I wasn't going to be an idiot and go down to the juvenile court at Edelman's in Los Angeles and sit there and just let them take over. No, because it is, as you mentioned earlier, uh, there's $70 billion of federal money that they're going for, and they want to get all the money they can. And I've heard other people, because I I go onto YouTube, and uh, there are people who, uh, a pastor in particular in Orange County, he got into one of the, the, the meetings. And was, you know, heard the, the director say, listen, you only have five children, you don't get more children, I'm going to cut your position. So they're highly motivated to, to, to fabricate to to bring uh, their their own nightmarish uh, ideas into reality. So at this point, we're, we're fighting and, uh, and my wife and I have been married uh, about two and a half years, and we, we were expected our first child. And once that child was born, uh, the DCFS threatened to take my baby, my little baby, Bethany, take her away. And so uh, your legal team came up with a strategy, which, which worked. It, it's worked perfectly. Uh, my uh, wife lost her children for about three months. She only had monitored visits. And, uh, you know, and they treated her as though it was the handmaid's tale. I mean, everyone was watching, guards looking. I mean, there wasn't any guns, but it was just insane but she did get her car, her car uh, children back. We had to file for divorce to prove to them that they're protecting them against this horrible uh, Mr. Bob who they have no evidence against whatsoever. They just have this fear. And then when my baby is born, a warrant was issued. One of your attorney team, a fantastic person, uh, your team is made up of a lot of fantastic people. Uh, I can't think of uh, one of them who wouldn't, uh, you know, go the extra mile. But this one particular lady that works for you, uh, she, uh, her dad had died, her own father who was dead, and she was there with the macaroni and the, and the and just with her family. And she said, I've got to go, and she went to the juvenile court and she represented my wife and family. And I'm very thankful for that. That that doesn't happen. A law office doesn't do that. People don't do that. But this person, when I when I gave them the the thank you and the the kudos in front of you, she said, well, you know, my dad, he was dead, and he'd want me to go ahead and do that, and so that's the kind of people that you have working for you, uh, Vincent, you have, you have a staff that is very responsive, and uh, where I'm at now is, is with this restraining order, you know, it, it's a joke, it's it's really a joke to me, because there's no, there's no evidence of anything, we went to the court, and, and one of your other associates, that uh, is fantastic gentleman, uh, he uh, he said, look, you know, he was getting irritated. He said, I'm getting irritated. There's nothing here, but they're continuing on. So I probably have another six months, hopefully less, to get back to my family, to get back to my own bed, get back to my own restroom, my own kitchen, be able to be with my family and hold my children. Uh, everything I do now has to be done uh, quietly and secretly and, and under the radar because you can't let the uh, authorities know. It's almost like everyone's become an Aunt Lydia of The Handmaid's Tale. By the way, if, if any of your listeners have not watched The Handmaid's Tale or read the book, uh, it, it's time to get out and do it because this, this is such a picture. I, I just discovered it, that Margaret Atwood's book is just a picture of today. And, and they think, you know, in the book, uh, the, the Handmaid's Tale, they think that they know better. They know more. They're the experts. And that's what this Department of Children Academy Services They, They think that they're the greatest organization on earth. They can do no wrong. I, I saw on YouTube a case where uh, three uh, federal judges were, were trying to understand how the DCFS, you mentioned it earlier, There are a lot of good social workers. There are social workers who are honest. There are social workers who who aren't meaning any harm, but there are many, on the other hand, who will fabricate, who will make lies, who will tell stories. The judges said, why don't you just hire actors and just write a script and put that before the court? and lie and fabricate. And the, and the DCFS's attorney said, oh, well, you know, uh, it, it's, it's uh, uh, <clears throat> well, it, because we have to protect the children. You don't understand what we have to do. We have to protect children. So fabrication, lies, hyperboles, all those things are perfectly okay. You know, it, it's awesome. Just, just do what you want. So I agree with you, and I, I'm never going to forget as long as I live that we don't need to talk to social workers. There's never gonna be a warrant to talk to social workers. And that talking to social workers is the wrong idea. I made a mistake that first day back in October of last year of saying, oh, go ahead, uh, you know, go ahead. come on in, Aunt Lydia, come on into the house. Look, see, there's nothing happening here. And uh, I happened to, uh, you know, to have made a mistake that way because I opened the door. If if I hadn't have opened that door, perhaps she would have gone away. I kind of don't think so. I think that they still would have, you know, perhaps gotten a warrant, and it would have been a really ugly situation. But it hasn't gotten any better. Where I'm at right now today, Vincent, is this: um, the court ordered that I have visitation with my with my child, Bethany, uh, my little baby Bethany Rose, who I love with all my heart, and I and I've gotten through the through the. Um, you have to hearken back to the days of slavery when there was an underground railroad there is an underground system where i'm able to to see pictures of my daughter i'm able to to hear uh, hear little coos and, and and get information from the family but it's all underground it's all off the record and, and nobody can know it's because we're scared to death it's really the the tyranny the tyranny uh, of the dcfs is that they have my child and they're holding my child hostage And if I do anything wrong, they have the threat of of, we're going to put your child in a foster home. We're going to take your child. And Aunt Lydia said in one of the last shows of of this uh, season with uh, The Handmaid's Tale, uh, she said, this mother will never, ever see her boy again. Never. And it's because of you, June. You. You made it happen. And so the department is very, very fun. They like to they like to push buttons and and make things happen. Well, Vincent, uh, you know, man to man, I, I've met you. I've shaken your hand. I've gotten the in and out Burger and got you the, the Diet Coke, not Dr Pepper. And I've got to take care of you. And I, I know that that I respect their power. I respect their their obscene power. I respect their and I'm not going to do anything to push their buttons. And and yet. Uh, we sat in court, and they continued the lies and hyperboles. Well, you see, Mr. Robert, he's got bad behavior. Recently, recent bad behavior. And my attorney I sat there, and they had nothing, Vincent. They had nothing. And they keep shaking the trees. But I'm going to hold them out. I'm going to survive this because they have absolutely zero evidence. Zero. I've done nothing wrong. My children have, uh, thank God, thank God, I, t- I heard you talk about having the uh, forensic examinations. And uh, thank the Lord, thank the Lord, my children did not go through the forensic examinations. Uh, and, and we did not, we were very tempted to go ahead and have them go through that. And my two older children had gone through that. And, and it was years later, just in a, in a quiet moment with uh, their mom, they said, Mama, and they, and they described what, what had happened. And my wife has just broke down and just, oh, my God, it took years for my children to, you know, and we and my daughter came to your office. My older daughter came to your office and she's still a child. She's, uh, you know, she's getting straight A's and my children are awesome. And uh, your attorney, the one I mentioned earlier, she said, no, 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 I don't want to hear about I don't want to hear about. She was so freaked out just by the thought of what they do to children. So uh, I I just uh, say, I know I haven't got the whole show here. I just want to say that if anybody uh, you know, when you hear all the credits and things that you're going to give later, call the law offices of Vincent W. Davis. Call him and get a hold of, if not Vincent, get a hold of an attorney in your own neighborhood, wherever you are. And, and definitely don't talk to the social workers. And right now, I'm supposed to have visitations, as I mentioned. But guess what, Vincent? I'm sure you're not going to be surprised. Has the department done anything to facilitate my visits? They're doing nothing. N-O-T-H-I-N-G. They're doing nothing. And I'm kind of liking that because they're, they're showing their hand. And when I sit before the judge, or my attorney actually sits before the judge with me, uh, they're going to be shown in contempt because the judge said, you know, Mr. is to have visits with his daughter at least twice a week for two hours. And they've done nothing. And I, I have taken a stand now. I'm not going to say two words to, those, to the social department, not two words. I call my attorney. Because if i use two words they're going to take that little bit of string put it into a noose and hang me with it they're going to try to hang me up they're going to twist my words they're going to put words in my mouth i didn't say and uh, the last time i talked to the social workers was maybe five months ago and uh, another lady called not the original miss you know aunt, aunt, aunt uh, lydia you know the story of the handmaid's tale it wasn't that lydia It was somebody else oh well, they sounded so nice well, they took my words, and they twisted them, and they took away my, my wife's mother from being a monitor, and they made things up. And they, I thought, how can they do that? And then my wife was, of course, furious with me. How would you do it? You said, I, said, I didn't say all that, but they make things up. So you, there really isn't any other option, Other if people are listening, and they are. You must get an attorney, and you must not talk to the department. And I'm, I'm, I'm really confident. I do call my attorney several times a day, and, and you can ask your staff there. You know, <laughs> oh hi Bob. They know me. I bring in donuts, and it was the saddest thing. I'll tell you this. I'll finish up with this, and I'll let you go because I know you've got a lot to do. But the day that how did I find out about my my daughter's birth? I have six children altogether. Uh, two-step children, and I've got my four natural-born children, and I've always been there to to be for the birth, always been there to cut the umbilical cord, always been there to support my wife, to hold her hand, to help her breathe. What do you need, dear? And I'm a very peculiar husband. You know what happened, Vincent? You know what happened? I was there at your office with a box of donuts, and I was putting in my typical little cellophane toothpicks. So I cut them up. Your attorney doesn't like me to cut them up. I figure people don't need too much donut. <laughs> but I was there and some, some person, I don't know who it was, probably out of, out of policy, but they said, hey, congratulations. And I thought, oh my God. And so I called the family member and they said, they didn't know anything about it. So then I called the attorney that I mentioned earlier from your office. She said, I'll be right down. My baby had been born. My wife had been under testimony at the children's court regarding her own two natural born children. And and she'd gone into labor because of all the stress and the nightmare of being in that juvenile court all day long. And they grilled her and grilled her and grilled her and grilled her. She went right to the Kaiser Hospital and she had my little girl. I wasn't there, Vincent. and I'll never get that moment back. I wasn't there and I wasn't there for for the first moments. I wasn't there when my little baby, Bethany, who's a strong fighter, like I am now, I didn't used to be a fighter, Vincent, but I am now. The baby grabbed onto the to the doctor's cloak and wouldn't let go. And the doctor said, help me, please, nurses, help me. And so my little baby, Bethany, she uh, she's a fighter. And, and I grew up with a lot of abuse and neglect physically from my own parents back in the 50s and 60s. And I never was much of a fighter. But now, thanks to you and your team, uh, I know we must fight the uh, Department of Child Family Services. We will win. We will uh, you know, get there. I will get to see my daughter uh, with you know with the monitors for the moment. And once we get to July, where we have several uh, you know conferences and and uh, meetings scheduled, you know settlement conferences, reports, replies, and all this other things, uh, then we're going to win because. I've done nothing wrong. I would recommend for every man out there, if you're a man, do what, do what your attorney says and follow along with the legal requirements that are given by the court. And don't don't talk to the social worker, just like Vincent has said many times, never talk to a social worker. It's like you wouldn't talk to the police because there's no reason to give them evidence. They don't. There's nothing that they can do. All they can do is write reports. So you better just let your attorney talk to the court. And uh, my attorney, uh, according to my wife, uh, you know, through, the, again, the Underground Railroad, uh, the, the court treated me much differently and much better than she treated uh, my wife. Because my attorney came in aggressively. He came in uh, strong. And he, uh, he, he, knew, he knew that there was nothing there. They have nothing. And I, I'm not going to give them anything, Vincent. You'll be real proud of me when we get to the end of the road here. But, that I made it through this whole thing. And other than talking to the social workers, my one mistake, uh, i haven't i haven't said a word to uh, a social worker and i'm not going to call them uh you know if they, they catch me unawares on the phone my answer is no 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 okay I, mean, I don't give them any information and they asked me if i wanted to make a statement I'm going into my court meeting i said no nope. I, I there's no reason to make a statement because whatever i say they're going to twist and turn and i don't really know of any social worker i've met in my experience that's that's ever really treated me fairly or right because they're like you say When you have, uh, you know, somebody, somebody feels like they have, uh, you know, $20 in front of them or $50 in front of them, but these people have that $70 billion of federal money and they want to get that money. And so whatever they can do, you know, they will do it. And, uh, so I'm looking forward to a a good result and I'm looking forward to finally being, having all this behind me. I want to thank you for your office and all the staff and what they've done to, uh, to help. And uh, your office is there in Arcadia, but you're across the, the nation and you're around uh, Southern California. And your books, of course, are available. You have a book, you have CDs, you have tapes. And of course, you have a lot of things on YouTube that I've been watching and giving the thumbs up. Be sure to give thumbs up uh, to, uh, to the wisdom that you're giving because as parents. Uh, People just can't believe that the children's court is such a kangaroo court like it is and that the whole system is rigged and everyone's everyone's dipping into those dollars. And uh, the the judge actually during the case, Vincent, uh, you weren't there uh, yourself personally, but the judge sat there and lied because she's reading whatever the social workers feed her. And you know what she said, Vincent, I married my wife on September the 14th of 2016. We married before God. And, you know, we married out in San Bernardino and I did the right thing. I didn't just, you know, hook up or whatever they call it uh, with my wife. I married her and we're married for many, many, maybe a year before we decided to have our baby and she wanted to have a baby. And we did that. Well, the, the judge said, oh, and mister, he moved into the house without telling anybody who he was. And he slipped in just last year. And he was, I thought, what you keep her nuts? They actually before the, the judge was talking just crazy and it wasn't an appropriate time to respond to her. But I thought that's exactly what we're fighting. We're fighting a bunch of lies and we have to document. And of course, your your team knows how to do that. And uh, so hope, hopefully that, that'll that'll help. My, my story will help some other people. I know I listened last week and a man said that he was also living in his car. And why do I live in my car? People say, why don't you just get a room? Get a room, Mr. Bob, get a room. Well, every every room is going to cost money, especially in Los Angeles. It might cost, uh, you know, 900 a $1,000 to get a room. And I want that money to go to you or to your team. I want that money to go to my family. And so, you know, if I have to survive a little bit of hardship here for a year to save my family and to, you know, I'll get another uh, you know, a lot of money—it's a twelve thousand dollars. All I have in my pocket, just by learning how to live simply. Well, that's what I'm doing because I love my family. And um, the social workers are currently uh, investigating and grilling and they're grilling on my my wife. They go to the door and they say, "What did he do? Did he do anything unusual? Do you notice know anything different?" I wanted to tell her, I said, well, why don't you tell him that he's he's giving me everything I need and he's been a great guy and he's a good cook and he's very friendly and kind. And they don't want to hear that, though, because that just that'll just freak him out, you know, so we can't tell him anything that in court, in court, uh, okay. they will have okay. nothing. Mr. I'll have I'll have everything. Yes, sir, I'm listening. Go ahead, Mr. Vincent. <laughs> yeah, I Go ahead, man.
1: appreciate your I appreciate your call this morning. I just want to uh, straighten something out for the listeners. Yes, sir. Um, so, it's not proper for us to say that a judge lied in court. Perhaps.
2: Well, they read, read with, with the social worker. Mistaken. They read with the social. Yeah, yeah. They read. They read a statement from the social workers, which was absolutely incorrect. They, they didn't lie themselves, but what they were reading was. Uh, a fabrication and a lie, and it was made up on, on a basis of no facts. So I, I agree with you. I'm sorry I disrespected the court. And that's one of the things your attorney said. is was just, thank you, court, for your courtesy. And he was very, very kind. And another little uh, idea that, of the attorneys you're listing right now, my attorney said, uh, hey, Robert, let's go to the cafeteria. And we went down to the cafeteria. Maybe you didn't know this this little trick, because DCFS has its tricks. Well, we have tricks as as fighters against the uh you know the Aunt Lydia's social workers. Bob. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Bob. Yeah, I'm, I'm going listening. to uh
1: I'm going to take another call now, but I want to thank you for calling in.
2: Let me just say one last thing. We went to the cafeteria. You know what we found out down there, uh Vincent? The judges went down to the cab It was so nice to see judges. And I didn't know they were judges, but my attorney did. And he was able to make those contacts and and to have that humanity. And I think that's part of the secret of made made him a good attorney. So thanks a million. I'm going to continue listening for the rest of the uh, next uh, 28 minutes. And uh, if you have my number, if you need me, give me a call. And I hope all the listeners will call you uh, if they have anybody, uh, you know, snooping around their house from the DCFS. Thanks, Vincent. I'll talk to you soon.
1: Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Okay. We're going to take another call right now from Mariko 323 ending in 4-2. Good morning. Did you have a story to tell or a question to ask?
3: Hi, good morning. I have a story to tell. Um, Go ahead. my story starts, uh, my case started in December, the beginning of December i was uh i went in to the hospital uh, for my son to get a g-tube we were only supposed to be there uh, for a week about a week we ended up staying almost all of december there Uh, someone at the hospital reported me to dcfs um Everything happened so fast, and, like, I was in shock when the social worker uh, came to the hospital with uh, accusations of me. Um, They said that I was starving my, my son, that I was not feeding him, that I was killing him, that he was dying because I was starving him. Uh, I couldn't believe it. I was in shock. I was, couldn't believe it. I, I went to court. We had to go to court. They, she came like maybe three, four days later, she came with uh, uh, an order of uh, removal. She said that they were removing my son from my custody. Uh, when she came two days after that, I, I had court. I went to court, um, fully the judge, uh, ordered for my son to be returned, which he was in the hospital. So they didn't, they didn't take him away. I was with him all the, like all the time in the hospital. But just by her coming and giving me that paper, I felt like I felt like they were trying to take my life away from me. Um, we went to court. The judge gave me my son back. We still went back to court four more times. It was horrible. It was it was the worst. Thing that could ever happen to any parent. I I knew they were wrong. I knew that um, a lot of stuff that the social the first social worker said was not true. Um, I was just doing everything I was asked to do. To, to prove that it was not true, to prove that um, what the person at the hospital said, the person that reported me, that it was not true. Um, my whole case, I think, was uh, started because they didn't talk to, to my son's doctor. If they had only talked to him, everything would have, Cleared, what a clear up. Um, It was crazy. It was a nightmare for me. It was the worst thing that could ever happen to me to have uh, my son taken away from me for false allegations, for them not doing their job and investigating and asking. Um, I I wanted to go crazy. I didn't know what to do. Thankfully, my son's father um, um, got a, a, a friend of his, gave him your number. We called. We made the appointment for the next day. We went. We hired you. Um, I just... I couldn't believe what was happening. I was still like in shock of what had just happened so fast, so quick. So we went to court with you um, and you helped us a lot. You helped us a lot. I would recommend you to any parent that's going through something like this with DCFS, We had court, our last court yesterday, thank God. Uh, The judge dismissed my case to you, to your team that did a great job. I'm so thankful. I'm so happy that everything's over. But like you said earlier, to any parent that's listening, that's going through something like this, you, because I thought the same thing. I thought that by talking to the social workers, by like, I wanted to prove to them that that it was not true, that it was a lie. But they take things out of context. Whatever the parents say, they they make up lies. They they lie. They all they want is to take your kids away, um, so they could get money. And I'm very thankful for you for your team. That that like the first caller said, there's not many lawyers. There's not many people that do what you guys do. So I'm very thankful for that. I thank you, and I recommend you and your team to any parent that's going through something like this. Nope, I don't think no parent, uh, no good parent deserves to to go. To some, through something like as horrible as having your kids taken away from you um, for false accusation, and I just well, wanted I want to, to thank to, you for yes.
1: I want I wanted to thank you for calling and and sharing your story. I very I appreciate that very very much.
3: No, thank you, thank you so
1: much. righty. Bye-bye.
3: Bye-bye.
1: That last caller's case will probably turn into a lawsuit um, by that caller and her husband and the child against uh, Los Angeles County and the Department of Children and Family Services. Uh, I don't want to get into the details because there are many But it was one of those types of cases that shocks the conscience as to what this social worker did and what they were trying to do in court. Luckily, we, uh, and I want to give a lot of credit to attorney Sherwin Amazon, uh, an associate with my office, uh, were able to get the case thrown out. Uh, The judge literally dismissed the case. Um... And that was after several court hearings. Um, But it was truly... uh, It's one of those cases where if you just told a regular person out on the street what happened, they probably wouldn't believe it. They wouldn't believe it because they don't believe that our governments uh, and our governmental agents uh, would do things uh, they do sometimes. Now, I want to make it clear All social workers aren't bad. I'll repeat it, all social workers aren't bad. There are some though that do take liberties um, and they violate the rights of people in order to try to win. And those are the cases which shock our conscience and those are the cases, cases that we recommend that people go to federal court after the case is over and seek redress for the violations of their rights. And this particular woman, we did recommend that to her, and uh, we are meeting with her uh, regarding that issue. Okay, I'm going to take another call from area code 818, ending in 1-2. Good morning. You're on with Attorney Vince Davis. Did you have a story to tell or a question to ask?
0: Um, I have a question. I've been following you the, for the last four years. I've been dealing with them. My case is still open. Um, this is Christine Chisholm. Um, hey, how they got we, my we children? Don't use, uh,
1: ma'am, we don't use... Mm-hmm. Um, we only use first names, if at all, and we never talk about the names of the children. Okay. Um. Well,
0: dealing with my case, they had took mine. Seven year old from school when the teacher drugged him by his hair. Um, then they turned around. the caseworkers went in behind the judge's back that refused to take my other two children and took the other two. One has Down syndrome since they removed him out of my house. they didn't did surgeries on him. Um, I was supposed to have visitations and stuff with my kids. The social worker did not allow me to visit with my kids nor talk to them on the phone. I'm still going through it right now. Um, One of my kids, they just told me educational neglect. I'm still trying to figure it out, uh, really, why they have my children. How can they take them, place them with a relative that's not, I wouldn't have never, ever gave my kids to this relative to take care of because she's too young, same age as my oldest children, and she just doesn't have the time. It's all about the money for one, and my children are suffering. They're trying to tell my kids, I'm never getting my kids back, never gave me no explanation of why they took my children from me. I thought it was always supposed to be neglect or abuse. And then that went on. It was other little children in my house that they never even was concerned about. It came up with all these false accusations, which I've been asking. I've been asking for CFT meetings I went to the head people of the department off of Wilshire. No one's giving me no questions. They try to say mental illness. Okay, I've, I've been in therapy and stuff for years. My therapists have tried to call them and talk to them. They, the caseworker, refuses to talk to them. Um, I'm not getting no answers. I'm just being, you know, just pushed to the side. I want my th- children back. They're 12. 11 and intend they're old enough, If they can talk in court, why can't they? They tell the judge they wanna come home. They told them there was no abuse There did nothing happen in my house. The police was called to the school. The teacher and the principal was fired. They did the false accusations. And my kids, it's not like they're on any medication or anything, he was being bullied. It started from him just being bullied at school and it escalated out of control I had to do a DNA test for my children because finding out the caretaker of my children, she was on the child's birth certificate. She stole my identity. And I had to do a DNA test if I had to let them know that that was my child. Um, they, they're, they're brushing over a lot of stuff, the, the Department of Los Angeles. And I'm really not getting no answers, you know? And it's like I said, it's been almost four years. My case is still going on, and I'm I'm just not getting it. I've completed everything they asked me to do. I've done everything. I even went to jail because they went behind the judge's back to get my children for me, and I'm still not understanding this. When they said well, my special needs would we'll go to a medical facility, he's never went there. I asked for him a CASA worker, he's never gotten it. Is, is just several things that's just really going on that's not right and I'm not understanding. And you say you've been going through this for four years? Yes, for four years, since 2014, October the 1st, 2014. Where,
1: where is your case, what county are you in?
0: Los Angeles County at um, Edelman's Court.
1: And, um, are you, and are you working with your attorney on some type of strategy to get your children back?
0: Well, I just, um, received Mr. Parks and this was just a month. Now they have changed my attorneys like seven times. I've changed judges four times. I mean, it's just, my case is just going around in a circle. And the father then got upset and just, you know, he was like, well, they told me you were getting your kids back once you completed everything and did all this. Okay, well, I did all that. still have the kids back. So now the father's just don't want to get involved because he's saying that he don't trust them. You know, one of them she has guardianship of. I don't even know nothing about how that is. He's never been into court, really. Um, it's always just been a trying to scramble my case around to confuse and, you know, just make me not want to, you know, keep fighting, but I'm going to keep fighting to the end because those are my children and I love my children. I took very care, good care of my children. Like I said, the doctors, no doctors, if they felt my child was being medical neglected, why didn't his doctors or he was even in the hospital prior to that. Why didn't they ever call or, or tell me, well, we think that your son, this or that. Never got no notice. I got in, you know, it was a doctor that I got into it with because my son was sick, and I refused to take him back to L.A. from Long Beach one day, and she got pissed off because I took him to the hospital, and so he ended up being admitted in there for a week and a half. Well, if I would have listened to him, my son would have died. So... She did if that was the case, like I said, why didn't she call and make a report with CPS if she thought I was neglecting my child? No, CPS went to her, and just, she was like, yeah, well, she has a bad attitude. Okay, well, a bad attitude is because my son wouldn't have, would have died if I would have listened to you and brought him back the next day. He was having an asthma attack. He couldn't breathe. So just th- thank God that Long Beach Hospital is connected to the clinic that I walked him over there and he was admitted so now you guys wait to from december to july to come back around when the judge that's normally on my case is not there and you get another judge to sign the petition for you to come get my other two kids i couldn't i couldn't you know believe it so what happens to me i go to jail for not giving up my kids i have older siblings that were mm-hmm. willing to take my children it's just, it's out of control.
1: Um, did you go to jail? Yes, I went to jail. And what happened with that
0: criminal case? Um, they didn't, there was no criminal case. They just couldn't, I was sending the, the children to their father that lives in Indiana. And they told me I was going to go to jail, that my oldest daughter had to go return my back around, going from Indiana, leaving California, that she had to bring them back where I was going to stay in jail. Well, I said in jail. When I woke up, I was in the hospital. My blood pressure was out of control. I um, had fell out. I didn't have my medicine for three days. Um, they didn't care. Um, like I said, I ended up like... When I woke up, I was supposed to go to court the next day. I didn't end up going to court because I was at the, in the hospital.
1: case seems to be a little complex. You know, what I would like for you to do is get a pen and a piece of paper, and I'm going to give you some information. Let me know when you're ready. Okay, just so it
0: Because, you know, i ask asking a lot of questions, and I even have parent partners that's been working with me and like they said, my case is just one, they said they have two that they really don't understand and mine is like the number one case that they don't understand.
1: Right, that's why I want you to get the pen and piece of paper. Okay, go just text it. Okay. I'm ready. I want you to okay. I want you to write down this phone number. Eight eight eight. Eight 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 again. Mm-hmm. Six five eight two. Six five eight two. So that's triple eight triple eight six five eight two. At the end of this okay. call at the end of this call, I want you to call that number about nine thirty A. M day. Okay. My secretary will answer and then you, I want you to make an appointment to come see me. I'm going to give you a free strategic strategic strategy session. I'm going to go over your file which you're going to have to get a copy of from the court okay. clerk's office on the second floor and you're going to bring that copy to me and I'm going to sit down with you and I'm going to go through your case and I'm going to tell you what you need or can do to get your children back.
0: Okay. I will really appreciate it.
1: Okay. Well, I look forward to meeting you, ma'am.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Mr. Davis. You are awesome.
1: Thank you. Appreciate Thank you. you. Mm-hmm. So I just want to let um, my listeners know that we're offering a new service um, to people who, uh, for various reasons, geographic or otherwise, uh, can't afford to hire us. I get a lot of calls from all over the state, actually all over the country, and um, I can't represent everyone. I can't travel everywhere. Sometimes the cost is just too too prohibitive. So as an example, yesterday, someone called me, a woman called me from Hawaii, and i could try to go over there to hawaii uh try to get um admitted pro hoc vice to do a case in hawaii uh, but the cost was just too expensive i mean me flying back and forth from hawaii uh, renting a car with you know getting a hotel room and you know paying for meals and stuff so the next best thing was for me to offer her a strategic strategy session and you know, I do those in two hours or four increments, and, you know, they have to get the file. And in Hawaii's case, I'd also have to enlist the services of a Hawaii lawyer to make sure that I'm not giving, it, you know, advice that's incorrect. And um, so I just offer those services. And if you're thinking, well, I, you know, I don't want to hire Mr. Davis because, you know, I'm in Shasta County, California, Mr. Davis is in Los Angeles County, California, and the cost would just be too too prohibitive, Um, you know, I might be able to just give you that service of a strategy session, excuse me, after reviewing all of your documents. We have five minutes left. I'm going to take one more call. Uh, This is from a blocked number, so um, we'll try it. Good morning, this is attorney Vincent Davis. Did you have a story to tell or a question to ask? Good morning. Okay. Maybe the number's blocked for a reason. They just wanted to call in and listen. Excuse me, and that's just fine. In the last four minutes, I'm going to talk some more about uh, CPS tactics. Uh, after your case, after, usually after they take your child and they detain your child, but it's before the first detention hearing, um, they pull a move where they ask you to or sometimes demand you to come into a meeting into their office and it's usually referred to as a team decision-making meeting, TDM. Although I heard that it's called something else, there's a new name for it. But basically, um, they have you come into the office where they where they will interview you uh, about you reunifying with your child. Unfortunately, the real purpose of that interview, in my opinion, is to get more information to use against you in the juvenile dependency case in many meetings if not all um, clients tell the social workers well i'll come to the meeting if my attorney can come and of course the social workers reply i think hundred percent of the time is well we don't allow attorneys in these meetings now let's think about that for a second A governmental agent wants to have interaction with you, but you are not allowed to have your attorney present. Yes, there is something wrong with that. Yes, in my opinion, that violates the Constitution of the United States. In a case a couple of years ago where we were suing a social worker in the county, one of the defense attorneys expressly or if not implicitly admitted to me that that was a violation of your constitutional rights. You see anytime the government wants to interact with you and interview you you have the right to be represented by an attorney. So when the social worker tells you oh we don't allow attorneys in these meetings uh, that's a violation of the Constitution, in my opinion. So whenever you're going to meet with an attorney, excuse me, meet with a social worker, you want to make sure that you have your attorney present. And make sure that it's an attorney that has experience in juvenile dependency matters. It doesn't have to be me. Just make sure that the attorney uh, has experience in handling DCFS or CPS matters. I'm always suspect um, when an attorney tells uh, their client, Oh, go ahead and talk to the social worker. You know, everything will be all right. That's not, in my opinion, that's not true. Everything's not going to be all right, especially if they've already taken or detained your children. So always have an attorney present, or at least on the phone, text with them during the meeting. All right, we're running out of time. We have less than a minute. I want to thank everyone for listening today. I want to thank all of the callers for calling in. Um, Next week on the radio, we're going to talk a little bit about social workers, uh, suing social workers for federal rights violations, and we're also going to talk about uh, trial tactics in the juvenile dependency court what you should do what you shouldn't do and give you I'll give you some tips that I give a lot of my clients for going to court and uh, testifying and you know trying to have great situations um, great results out of uh, these bad situations so I will see you next